Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Cool Zone Media. Hello, and welcome to Cool People Do Cool Stuff, your podcast that's normally not about holidays, but sometimes it's about holidays when it's a holiday, like today, which is the holiday known as Spooky Season. That's pretty much the only thing I ever honestly call it. I don't even call it Halloween. I just call it spooky time. It is. And boy, is it. I know. Our spooky guest today ooh, is Jamie Loftus. I'm actually, I'm wearing, I changed into my spooky sweatshirt for a Excellent. candidate that I like. This is boo, she's trans. <laughs> um, so <laughs> one, uh, one of my favorite uh, spooky clothing items. I love that. It's so yeah. good. We're so scary. You live we in just so exist. Cow. It's Vote. enough to make people not sleep at night. <laughs> kind of a, I, just a, a brilliant merch mm-hmm. line by, uh, if you live in SoCal, maybe a girl. Oh, yeah. Huge supporter. She's great. She's, she's the best. Uh, I, I, I just performed at her drag show fundraiser and, and copped a ghost sweatshirt. Very fun. Hell yeah. That, yeah. that makes perfect sense. The other voice that you're hearing is Sophie. You all know this. Oh, yeah. I just Hi, I'm Sophie. That's Sophie. <laughs> it's um, me. Hi. Our audio engineer is Ian. Hi, Ian. Hi, Hi Ian. Hi, Sophie. Now I feel like I like have to. Like now I feel like the podcast will fall apart if I don't say hi, Ian. Like it's like. No, you're right. It will. We yeah. need that. And Ian's, I mean, that, that, that sounds like a very early Stephen King novel where Ian's life will somehow fall apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we better keep it up. <laughs> I really, I need Ian in my life, so this yeah. is important that we do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our theme music was written for us by Unwoman. And this week, we are talking about the larger series of holidays that encompass Spooky Times. Spooky Times is the larger umbrella with, you know, All Hallowtide and Halloween and Lemuria. Everyone knows Lemuria, obviously. I mean, who um, among us? Yeah. So, today... 
I promise you witch burnings. It's a weird thing to promise people, but there's like, they do some cool stuff before they get burnt. That's, that's honestly the usual format of the show is bad things happening to good people. Are we going to my homeland in this episode? Boston? Just Massachusetts, Salem adjacent, yeah. Not so much. No, we're going to, okay. it's, it's going to be mostly Scottish witch trials. Oh, okay. Interesting. But well before we get to that, a thousand years before the early Catholic church, they're like, we should have a day to celebrate all of our martyrs since people keep getting like flayed alive and crucified and shit for being Christian. Because mm-hmm. there was a period of time, a very long time ago, when anti-Christian oppression was real. Mm-hmm. For a couple hundred years, different areas use different na- days of, you know, different calendar days for this. Some people use May 13th, the day of Lemuria. Um, I read one source claim that the earliest name of the Saints Remembrance Day was Lemuria, but I, I suspect that I was not able to confirm that. Okay. In either the year 609 or 610, Pope Boniface IV, whose name should be Boniface, but it is not for some weird reason. Oh, I was like, is there a fun reason or did he no, just, just want to have a less Boniface fun name? And it's always such I'm, a bummer when they're like, and the name is less fun now. And who yeah. can say why? Like, yeah. All right. So Boniface IV formalized mm-hmm. the day to May 13th and was like, fuck yeah. Fuck you, cool. Lemuria. That's what it, exactly how he said Eat it. Eat shit, Lemuria. Yeah, yeah. He was a big shit stirrer. Sorry, I'm... Um, and friend of the pod syncretism is happening all over Europe, right? Yeah. People are Christianizing a name and then continuing to do whatever they actually want to do. In both... <laughs> Everyone's dying laughing because of something that the leader, the listener doesn't get to know about. <laughs> um, I just died. <laughs> I killed Effortless. Sophie. The way you said it, effortless. It was so good. It's, Sorry, it's, listeners, you will never know. You will nope. never know. There, there are some things that you're not privy you know, to. Trust that we are yeah. protecting you. Yeah. <laughs> so... In both Bavaria, which is now Germ- part of Germany, and the British mm-hmm. Isles, people were like, you know, I know that Boniface said we should do it on the May 13th, but what about November 1st, since that's kind of when we want to do it, and when we do this kind of shit anyway. That's our, like, dead day anyway, probably. Let, so it's sort of like, let's just fold it into the dead, the existing dead day we have? Yeah. Okay. And so, also, people were like, and also, we should celebrate... <laughs> All Saints instead of just the martyred saints in a All Saints matter way. And oh, I was like, I was like, woo, okay, this sounds uh, familiar, but but not mm-hmm. in the same way, right? No, right? Unless well, so the like Saint All Saints versus like the martyred saints. You mean? Yeah. I am under the impression. So these names get really blurry, or not blurry. They change what they mean in ways that don't make sense to me. Okay. Because, uh, let's see. So, well, we'll get to it. By the year 800, you've got the Feast of All Saints spreading throughout the Christian world. Because, like, All Saints Day wasn't necessarily... These, these names didn't show up till later, overall. Mm-hmm. So, you get the Feast of All Saints spreading around the Christian world around the year 800 or so. Except for the Eastern Orthodox Church, which is like... we Our whole thing is that we don't change our holidays for you motherfuckers. So, they kept okay. theirs in the spring. 50 days... After No, on the Sunday after Pentecost, which is 50 days after Easter, which I don't remember how to pick when. Anyway, it's a spring thing for them. Okay. Some people say that 
it, November 1st was picked because of Samhain. Other people was like, no, the Germans did it first and it had nothing to do with Samhain. See the aforementioned people arguing about fucking everything constantly. Yeah. By the year 1835, Pope, Pope Gregory IV was like, sure, fine, what the fuck ever. We'll just, it's on November 1st. It's, that's it. And you get All Saints Day as we know it today. Well, except no one knows All Saints Day. People know Halloween. Right. And then you get All Souls Day the day after. Together, it gets the name All Hallows Tide or All Hallow Tide. Mm-hmm. And it's a holiday of remembering the dead, especially the people who died in the last year. It's a day mm-hmm. of putting up memorial plaques, of lighting candles, of talking with your dead friends. In Finland, which is largely Lutheran, graveyards are a sea of light as candles are placed on graves. In some places in Western Europe, chrysanthemums are placed on graves. In some places, people leave meals on the graves of the dead. Mm-hmm. Some places, it's, it's slightly different everywhere, but it's like spooky and interesting, honestly. Um, some places insist that the celebrations on the day be all somber and serious and quiet. Mm-hmm. But then Halloween, October 31st. Have you, I, didn't, I actually didn't even know the etymology of Halloween. I feel like a poser. Have you heard the like, how it's Halloween? No, no. It's the Scots abbreviation for All Hallows Eve. Because evening was shortened to een. Oh, and so, okay. Wow, that is very Scottish of them to do. So they yep. just so the uh, the various punctuation just like cycles itself out over time. Yeah, and you All see right. people when they're like trying to be a little bit like spooky, or maybe they just actually live somewhere where people still do this. There'll still be an apostrophe between the two e's. Yeah, that also just sounds like yeah, like someone in my neighborhood who'd really who's really trying to prove something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, all Pedants Eve. And the reason it's All Hallows Day is because All Saints Day and Sainted and Hallowed are sort of synonymous, right? So right. All Hallows, All Saints, sometimes called Hallow Mass, which is a way more metal word for it. Yeah, absolutely. And then you get All Souls Day on November 2nd, the day after. Lots of places conflate All Saints Day and All Souls Day and are like, whatever, it's just a day for everyone who's dead. And then I, I, and maybe this is not the focus of this episode, but like, how does the Day of the Dead square with all of this too? Like, was that shifted from, was that always November 1st or did that shift at any point in time? Okay, so I'm, I'm glad slash terrified you asked. I thought about including this in the script and I decided not to, but now I'll just talk okay. about it. There is a hot debate about whether or not Day of the Dead predates Christianity. And there are okay. pro-indigenous arguments on both sides. Okay. Where people are like, no, this was a Christianization of a thing, and other people being like, no, it wasn't. I don't know is kind of the answer. Uh, it is mostly presented as that this is a um, a specific uh, indigenous tradition or a pre-Christian tradition mm-hmm. that has always been on this date. However, there are a lot of historians, including indigenous uh, historians in Mexico, who are making the argument that that was like a um, a specific propaganda thing in order to do something okay. and I, I don't know the answer interesting i yeah I, I truly was just curious where i was like yeah <laughs> it felt naive to be like wow all, all cultures agree that this is just kind of the vibe this time of year but so, I, I just didn't know that's kind of where i came into it thinking right because yeah. it's like it makes sense to me that as you watch A the leaves of fall off the trees and, and yeah, yeah like death rebirth yeah like I think probably a ton of cultures were like, and there's actually a bunch of um, uh, East Asian and maybe Southeast Asian cultures where um, a lot of the specific traditions are also 
way predate Christianity. And so like, I think there is a vibe of this predating Christianity all over the world, but it's like, mm-hmm. like I just straight up don't know enough. I, I spent a while trying to research it. That's fast. I mean, I, I don't know nearly enough about uh, Dia de los Muertos and there's, I mean, like because I live close to yeah. the, the border, like there's a ton of celebration and I just didn't know if it was connected. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And then the other thing is like, once again, it's like, shit that comes out of syncretism is still fucking beautiful and like mm-hmm. what part of it came from what like is still absolutely a cultural thing that is beautiful and matters you know and um absolutely so and so with all hallows tide all saints day is for celebrating not just the saints but everyone who's made it into heaven whereas all souls day is a day for praying for everyone who's trapped in purgatory Mm-hmm. And since most Protestants don't believe in purgatory, they don't they leave that one out. Okay. That's so interesting that because I, I I think because I grew up such a like an amalgam of Christianity of kind of yeah. like whatever was around, whatever was available and whatever totally. was not homophobic, that would be the place we would go. And so I feel like the the little shades of gray in like Protestants don't believe in purgatory. Didn't know. And technically grew up Protestant at various times. Yeah. Well, and, and different Protestant denominations do and don't believe in, in purgatory, but overall, that's like kind of one of the like, it, it's usually the ones that are a little bit closer to Catholicism that still gotcha. believe in purgatory. Um, and then, man, I fell down so many rabbit holes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, people don't need to know about Catholic universalism. So the idea that some people argue about whether everyone goes into heaven or whether some people stay in pur- like, it, it's all fucking... People like to argue about weird shit about stuff that no one can see, and it's kind of interesting. And so the reason that Halloween is celebrated is that the early church followed the Jewish tradition and the Celtic tradition also and a bunch of other places tradition. And the day starts the night before at sundown. Mm. So like, which makes sense. Because at first you're like, what? Why would the day start then? You're like, well, the last day is over, isn't it? Right? Right. So like, so the new day starts. And so you have... All Hallows Day starts with All Hallows Eve the night before. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And it's a cool holiday. The whole thing, uh, celebrating your ancestors is fucking cool. Getting in touch with the dead is really useful for people, whether or not there's an afterlife. I always was curious if you could be choosy about which ancestors you do and do not want to welcome. You know? <laughs> Probably. Because there, you know, not everyone has ancestors that they would be like, yeah, yeah, everyone come back, you know. Yeah. No, yeah, you probably like you put up like a specific like, John, stay out. You know, I killed you <laughs> yeah. for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The people, for example, your ancestors who you personally have murdered, you're not going to want them back. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I built a time machine. It was very expensive. <laughs> So you've got these three holidays by the ninth century. By the ninth century, you've got the the triduum, which I did not know the word, which is a name for a three-day holiday. Okay. Uh, except for hundreds of years, it was an octave, an eight-day holiday, because everyone has always known that spooky season should be given some fucking breathing room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samhain was usually three days before and three days after November 1st, so for a full week of spook times. And so the medieval period goes onward. And, you know, now that we've got the holiday and now the medieval period hits. And the medieval period uh, sucked for a lot of people. During Black Death, people in Europe got really interested in death for some weird reason. Um, Hold on. Thematically. And now you get Drama. the Don. 
I know. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, one day I'll do an episode about the like the Black Death and women's rights, about how like women got like so much more power in the mid- Middle Ages after everyone died because then like they were allowed to like own more property and like run more stuff because there people were. Desperate. It's like World War II logic. Yeah. Wait, yes. I. 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 Mm, can we talk about that? That's yeah. So sure. Cool. Well, I. I only know. I would need to do more research. I have that yeah. level of it right now. That's so cool. And also so depressing. I know. And then there's also stuff where like, at least by late medieval period, I think um, in, in Western Europe, women could own property if they were unmarried. <laughs> and so there was oh, like all well, these women like trying to figure out ways to stay unmarried. See our episode about women arm. who murder yeah. their husbands. <laughs> wow. So did it set off like a Black Widow epidemic kind of? Well, the Black Widow stuff, that was a couple hundred years later. Okay. The, the At least the episodes that we did was on the, like, um, Aqua Tofana and the, like, the like famous Italian poisoners and stuff like that. And how there was just, like, this thing where, like, the same lady you go to for your, um, your astrology and your abortion will also, like, give you poison to kill your husband if he sucks. Um, That's what happened in um, House of Gucci. Okay. In case you were wondering. I have never even heard of it. I don't know what House wow. of Gucci is. That's all right. That meant something to someone. That's okay. all that matters. So because of Black Death, you get the Don's Macabre, the the dance of death, the image of happy dancing skeletons. And like people are just like really kind of thinking about dying a lot for some weird reason. The other thing that happened, so that ties into some Halloween symbolism. That's why I'm tying, throwing that part in. Sure. The other thing that ties into Halloween way more than I thought it would is the fucking witch hunts. You know how people talk about like Human progress is if it's linear, and that's obviously not true. Mm-hmm. During most of the medieval period, the Catholic Church didn't give a fuck about witches because witchcraft wasn't real. So it was just pagan yeah. superstition. So why would you burn people over superstition? Which is very similar to the argument that people nowadays make about the witch trials, also. Right. Interesting. I'm like, okay, let them cook. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, they cooked up some real shit. Um, mm. Just stirred that shit in a cauldron. Stirred it around. <laughs> yeah. So, according to early medieval stuff, no one was consorting with the devil. That's nonsense. He's not like a guy who shows up and is like, ah. Certainly I'm not a fuck. sexy guy that you'd want to hang out with. Yeah. Yeah. There was no need to burn people at the stake about it. The first, not the first Inquisition, the an Inquisition that I don't know enough to say is the first, but the church, Catholic Church put together an Inquisition in southern France in 1233. And this was to kill not witches, but the weird, heretical, pescatarian communist cultists, the Cathars, who may or may not be future friends of the pod, but they're actually only like, they're like more like interesting than like cool. Anyway, the Inquisition sticks around. They kill a witch here or there. You start getting like more and more like witch laws on stuff, but it's not a... It's like a thing that can happen, but you don't have the specific witches hang out with the devil thing until several hundred years later. Interesting. By the end of the 16th century, you get witch trials in fucking earnest. Okay. Protestants and Catholics like to argue about who was more evil during the witch hunts. Catholics pull ahead overall more evil okay. because the witch hunts in Southwest Germany were the most brutal anywhere in Europe. Rare um, W for Protestants. Yeah. <laughs> but um, as relates to Samhain and Halloween and spooky season, 
We're going to look over at Scotland, where Protestants were really unhappy about the syncretic Catholics and all their pagany goodness. And also, um, they didn't like that people were like doing divination and playing mash and performing healthcare. Oh, well, how dare they? Yeah. So the witch hunts were a war on women. They were a war on traditional healing. They were a war on syncreticism. Um, and they were a consolidation of power by various Christian sects. The pagan horn gods are like the fucking devil. This is where you start to see diabolic witchery. You see the devil fucking witches. And which is really interesting to me as this like symbolism because one, because it's hot Two, because the nuns are married to Jesus, but never fuck. I mean, they fuck each other, but they never get to fuck their husband. Right. They don't get to fuck Jesus. Yeah. Whereas witches aren't married to Satan, but they get to fuck him and each other constantly. Right. Yeah. Seems like almost a better deal as long as as long as the proper consent is being exchanged. Yeah. And they're just two strange sides of medieval sapphism as far as I can tell. (laughs) Excellent. One day. Well, one day I'm going to do an episode about the women who led peasant revolts and stuff. But first, I'm going to tell you about six sick deals. Uh, You can go to the store and buy stuff. Once again, you got my ass. Yeah, like just like show up with like a symbol, like a little like thing, like a green piece of paper that says five on it. And that's mm-hmm. enough. Well, now it's not enough for shit. Uh, you can't even buy <laughs> fucking a burrito well, with Magpie's that anymore. going on a rant again about in this economy. In this economy, you can't even just write five on a piece of paper and trade it mm-hmm. for food anymore. <laughs> but what you can do is listen to ads or... oh. It, Hey, Cool Zone Media directly by signing up for Cooler Zone Media, and then you don't have to hear ads. And either way, it supports people making podcasts that you all clearly don't hate because you're listening. Unless you're hate listening, in which case, what are you doing with your life? Sometimes I'm like, if you're hate listening, uh, I, I'm, I've passed the point where I'm going to scold you for it. I know. Just, a stream's a stream. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to just say things in order to get people to... No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Joke's on you, bitch. You played yourself. Yeah, that's right. Just like (laughs) we're about to play these ads. Yeah. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later... 
The co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So I'm going to quote from an anonymous article called Devil's Night that was republished by a a press called Ill Will, and it was originally published in Mass Magazine. It's anonymous, so I have to give you all these things so anyone has a chance to possibly find it. It talks about a book by Sylvia Federici called Caliban and the Witch. Quote, which is just uh, the book that kind of does the most of discussing um, the witch hunts as like a a war on women and uh, ties it into primitive accumulation and all this like kind of interesting theory stuff. But here's our quote. Federici traces the lineage of this coordinated mass murder beyond just the Christian elite's fear of paganism into a whole world of popular peasant revolts and the powerful, undomesticated women who likely organized them. By highlighting that many of these women lived alone, relied on public assistance, were sexually promiscuous, and encouraged non-procreative sex by means of contraception and abortions. (gasps) I know. Early state builders were able to target these embodied impediments to patriarchal governance, heteronormativity, population growth, compulsory labor, domestication, and social order— in a word, civilization, by portraying them as enemies to life itself. Mm-hmm. And so basically they kind of create the category of witch. Like there wasn't a, before the witch hunts, there was a bunch of different people doing witchy things um, mm-hmm. under a bunch of names. And they were diverse people living diverse lives, but outside the new social norm that was being built up as like the the Christian state was being made, you know? Mm. And so they get accused of murdering infants and therefore let's murder all of them and anyone who's ever looked at them. Yeah, I I think it is, I mean, whatever, far from the first person to make this observation, but the idea that like if you are not having sex in the interest of creating infants, then surely you have a vested interest in killing existing infants. (laughs) We're just like... What is this like perverted logic? I know. <laughs> like the the idea of like I don't know, just like not wanting an infant yourself, not even in in, yeah. in you know, 
indefinite sense, but just today equals that you wish all babies dead, which I think that there is still a version of that logic that exists now. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like such baby, little bean brain uh, logic. All right. Well, these, these, these witches sound great. Yeah, they're, no, they're, they're, they're cool. They're sucking fucking and minding their own business. Yeah. The three amazing qualities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that actually surprised me to learn, this anti-witch hysteria wasn't as populist as people think. Before mm. there was the mass hysteria and like neighbor accusing neighbor, there were people who literally went town to town and taught people how to be pieces of shit about this. They yeah. would like. I mean, that feels familiar. Yeah, That's totally. What YouTube is was for for a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so they would teach people how to recognize witches. And before that, everyone's like, "Whatever." That's the lady who, like, you know, means that I can continue to cheat on my husband or whatever. You know, an important part of society. Yeah. yeah. This is so, which means that the witch hunts were in many ways top down, and we're going to take it all the way up to the top. That's not a. We're going we're gonna to tie it into a king pretty soon. Oh, okay. But it is a, um, a top-down method of the destruction of women and wildness and freedom. Because something that's come up before on this show is that the, in the medieval European mind, the idea of womanness was wildness, irrationality, chaos, and like non-civilization. Excellent. Yeah, I know. I'll take it. Yeah. And <laughs> as for the witch's Sabbath, the midnight gathering of women, these might have happened, right? Like, they, the... Women would go and fucking go do things in the woods. It's like a thing people would probably do, right? They would do this for a thousand different reasons. One of them was probably peasants plotting revolts against classic enemy of the pod, the enclosure of the commons, which is happening. I promised you I'd work in the enclosure of the commons. That's something that I never had really considered, but also it makes total sense where it's like, why are why are they always in the woods? It's like, oh, perhaps they are evading surveillance yeah. <laughs> maybe that's maybe they don't feel safe outside yeah. Yeah. yeah is anything changing about society and are there armed revolts around it hmm must be unrelated to what why women are doing you, why would you go to a place where you maybe couldn't be as easily detected yeah fascinating okay okay and then as a tangent but just while people have their bingo cards out and we just crossed off margaret talks about the enclosure of the commons mm-hmm. i can tie the industrial workers of the world into halloween <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> because one of their logos, one of their old logos is a black cat called Sabo Cat. Great. And it is absolutely and intentionally a witch style cat with like hair raised and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the symbol for industrial sabotage done by the workers. Mm. Anyway, witch hunts. <laughs> Why are these witch hunts tied to Halloween? Besides, of course, witches being cool, right? Um, and Halloween yeah. being cool. And black cats being cool. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, the way that they get tight. Well, we'll hear about it. So, this is the same medieval period um, where the holiday that the Christians built starts turning on them, right? They built this Halloween holiday. Halloween comes from, I mean, you know, it has all these roots and these other things, but it is like a pretty actually Christian holiday. Mm -hmm. But it also then becomes the time of witches' Sabbaths and black magic. uh, And to quote, a writer named Luisa Moraro, the choice of All Hallows, All Hallows as a major holiday for witches and devils was no doubt coerced from the accused with a, with a political agenda in mind. Mm. Because there's this king 
And he's a bastard. All kings are bastard, but this guy, which is another ACAP. The other, yeah, just a, yeah. a kind of like spelling cool with a K. I know, although I usually hate when anyone <laughs> replaces a C with a K. It's usually a bad sign. Yeah. But, but you know, in this mm-hmm. case, if, if at least applicable, if yeah, not exactly. cool. Yeah. This king is extra bad. As I have learned by guests telling me, I should not say he is a baddie, but is instead bad. <laughs> Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could have been the one to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> baddie, the vernacular is shifted yeah. in a way that I'm very in favor of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I know things now. I didn't. Margaret, learn many it would on say air. that you yourself are perhaps a baddie. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. So there's a king named King James the sixth and first. Boo. I'm assuming. Both. Yeah, no, absolutely boo. He is both because of some nonsensical rich people bullshit. In 1589, he sails off to Denmark to marry his queen to be, Anne of Denmark. But a Mm. furious storm rose up and he was Mm. driven to shore elsewhere. He had to to divert Mm. his fleet and he consulted with a Danish demonologist and, uh, and the guy was like, witches, definitely witches. That's how you got the storm. Totally was a bunch it's of like, witches. Check, please. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I suspect it's witches. That will be 1,000 medieval dollars. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, of course, if your job is demonologist, what answer do you think the guy's going to give you? you really know? one of the best scams going to this day. Yeah. Demonologist, easy money. Yeah. Absolutely. I suspect it is a demon. Yeah. Quoth whomever. Yeah. Like, great. <laughs> and if there's two things that King James the sixth and first, I don't understand why you can't add them together and be the seventh. <laughs> if there are two things he hated, it was witches and it was women. Oh, well, surely these things aren't connected. <laughs> no. And he's not one of the people who did actually a lot of the connection of the two. Uh, actually, Ooh, this will okay. start tying into your uncle's job. All right. If there's a third thing he hates, it's Catholics, but we'll tie that in later. Okay. So there are two witches, sorry, two witch hunts in two different countries related to this one storm. Mm. First in Denmark, 13 women are arrested and burned at the stake, including Anna Coldings, Mother of the Devil, which is a sick title to, to earn, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, if nothing else. Yeah. And we know they were guilty because. After they can, they confessed um, uh-huh. after torture, and they confessed that they caused the uh-huh. storm by summoning uh-huh. demons to hide aboard the ship, who then climbed up the masts and caused the storm. Sure, and I mean they were only provoked excessively to near death to have to admit this. Yeah, well, women are you know they don't like telling the truth, right? Um, we, are, we 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 are famously liars. Yeah, totally. We all know this. Yeah, the room is absolutely completely bright. What are you talking about? so 13 dead women is not enough for king james also known as the person who oversaw the translation of the bible that right-wing people love today no way yeah the king james bible and then actually what's funny is what are the chances there's been so many of those motherfuckers and it's that one (laughs) yeah and one of the reasons that it's like people like it it's a really beautiful translation because he was a um yeah like he was a gay man who really liked things to be pretty and like put a lot of care into stuff. But anyway, that's, we have to, that's the best for another day. I yeah. Can't. Good Lord. So he needs to kill some more women. What if Scottish women were in on it too? 
Scotland is soon going to be one of the world leaders in the murder of women, uh, but at this point, there weren't too many witch trials there. Actually, partly because uh, in this place, the Catholics were kind of on the like, whatever, syncretism is fine. Who gives a shit? Okay. You know? Kind of a nascent industry. Yeah. Yeah. So, totally. But I bet someone's going to be like, wait, there's there's potential for growth in oh, this yeah. industry of killing women. Yeah. And actually, a lot of the people who get accused of witchcraft are very high up in their towns. And I'm certain that there's like direct political things behind all of it. You know? Sure. Makes sense. So they've arrested a, ser- a serving girl named Gelly Duncan. And I think this, I think she was arrested prior to the, I read a bunch of articles about this, but they're all very like, um, pop, I mean, I run a pop history podcast, so I can't really complain, but like, anyway, she's arrested and her employer knows she's pretty sure she's a witch because she, one, is really good at healing. How fucking weird is that? Uh And two, sometimes she sneaks out at night from the house that she's like forced to live in as a serving girl. All very suspicious. But it becomes even more obvious she's just a witch because they strip her naked and shave her head to toe. And lo and behold, yeah, there's going to be some misogynist violence in here. I'll try not to linger on it. Um, Lo and behold, she has a birthmark on her neck. The proof is right there. And she Mm -hmm. denied everything at first. But fortunately, they got the truth out of her after a while, somehow. And she Mm -hmm. confessed and named names. (sighs) So and surely no one shaving her had birthmarks themselves. That would be that would be shocking. Yeah. Yeah. No one just has birthmarks. That's not why they're called birthmarks. Although they, they specifically call them devil's marks. And specifically the oh. the devil would lick you in uh intimate places and sometimes it would leave a mark. That's something that I my mom would tell me, not from the devil, but God, mm-hmm. the reason that we have the ridge the between the nose is that before you leave heaven to be born, God goes, shh, and puts his <laughs> finger and it just says, don't Shut up, tell woman. my secrets. Oh, okay. And then, sho- and then shoves you down the whatever Whoa. tube that you go through to be born. But yeah, it was like the shush, the shut the fuck up, Mark, Oh, that, that all humans have. And if you meet someone that doesn't have the shut the fuck up, Mark, they know shit and they'll tell you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, after she uh, reveals the secrets. Mm-hmm. She but, didn't have the shut the fuck up mark. No, obviously. yeah. Yeah. Between 60 and 200 witches, mostly but not exclusively women, are now put on trial. And as a fun historical note to tie into your uncle, about 10 to 15% of the people for, killed for being witches in medieval Europe were men. Mm-hmm. And the concept of dividing it between witch and wizard or warlock is more modern coming centuries later. Once again, showing that progress isn't linear because mm-hmm. I think men could be witches. It's truly why not. Uh, and, and also just to like equalize justifying killing them for no reason. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so there's a, there are these huge trials, the Berwick witch trials and mm-hmm. King James the sixth and first shows up in person. He's only one guy. Uh, because he's fucking obsessed with witchcraft and he's trying to figure out, you know, oh, they fucking caused the storm, right? You know, all these witches. Mm-hmm. And there's one witch who is the evilest and baddest witch of them all, Agnes Sampson. She's a baddie. She is a baddie. Yeah. Because she's going to do some, she does some cool shit. It has some negative consequences, but it's worth it. 
All right. <laughs> so she's tortured for days before the trial. She's left uh-huh. chained to a wall by her face using what's called a witch's bridle or a scold's bridle or a nag's bridle. Have you heard of this? For fuck's sake. I don't. Maybe I would visually recognize, but I don't know. It is a device that goes over the head and then like forces a bit into the victim's mouth to keep her from talking. Sometimes there's I, spikes on the inside of it. Yeah, I, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. I had to look this one up to check if it was real because... I'm very like fool me once about the Iron Maiden. Sure. <laughs> because the Iron Maiden is a 19th century invention where they were like, look how barbaric the medieval people were. And they like made up a thing. Mm-hmm. Medieval people absolutely would have used the Iron Maiden. They just didn't happen to think of it. They did. <laughs> like I cut out so much torture and execution methods from the show every now and then I feel like I have to include it to like give a picture of it. I have read so many ways that medieval people have killed each other. Usually right, by like, way of Why the would they be like, no, this is where I draw the line. Yeah. It's just, it was a lack of ingenuity. No yeah. one could live long enough to have that idea. Yeah, exactly. Because they kept getting yeah. thrown into, thrown off of rooftops in sacks. Yeah. <laughs> so there's absolutely the, the scold's bridle. Um, and it is absolutely a shut the fuck up woman. It's a, just a, it's just a tool of misogyny. Also real and deployed during the interrogations was the breast ripper, which is does what it says it does. Um, okay. And it is um, a, a way to remove parts of people's bodies. Could you imagine inventing the breast ripper and thinking you're on the side of the angels? I unfortunately can very clearly hear someone saying that and believing it. Yeah, I guess that's the problem with like religious systems like this. Um, (laughs) so Agnes Sampson, after days chained to a wall by her face, she confesses. Mm -hmm. And according to her torture confessions, these witches, uh, mostly women, hundreds of them, slipped into the woods at night to dance with the devil and kiss his butt cheeks. Since then, and since they hated James just so, so much, they, they just didn't want to be happy, right? You know? They went to the graveyard, disinterred corpses, cut them up, and then on Samhain, they rode out into sea into the sea in sieves, which was like a classic witch thing. Is to yeah. Then tied either living or dead cats, depending on which version you read, to the body parts, and then throw them into the water. This summoned the storm that almost killed James. Um, Never mind the fact that other witches had already been had already confessed and been executed for the exact same crime. I just always find it interesting that, I mean, it, it's evil and there's like such a long history of it, but just like the logic behind being like, and they figured this out. You're like, what sort of scientific method process do you think this went through? Like we tried uh, like strapping uh, rabbits to, and to corpses, but that the results, you know, kind of diminishing returns there. So then we started slaughtering cats and then we started slaughtering that. Like it's just, I mean, it it is, it's obviously absurd, but yeah. it's just, it just feels like there's no, like even A to C, yeah. much less further. It's um, what goofballs that were uh, needlessly slaughtering women. I know. What doofuses, what fools. And the imagination of one side where they're like, and this is how we like summoned a storm is like way less harmful than the imagination of what new ways can we come up with to torture and murder people, you know? Right. Yeah. So King James shows up and he goes in person 
And supposedly he, this is like where he like, he like starts off skeptical. He's like, I don't know if I even believe in witches. And I, I actually don't buy that part, but you know, he, since he's like the evil molder, he wants to believe. And so <laughs> Agnes Samson, mm-hmm. she's like, you know what? Fuck this guy. You don't believe we're witches. Come here. She leans in. Uh, he leans in close to her and she whispers into his ear and she tells him the private details of his own wedding night. Oh, I like her. This to James proves that she's a witch. Don't get me wrong. I hope she was. But apparently royal wedding nights were literally public events. There were court people in attendance to make sure the wedding was consummated. I believe, I mean, that tracks. Yeah. Uh, so was she just like kind of reading the, an article to him and he's like, <gasps> reading the public record back to him? Right. Like either some gossip got out or she did magic or she did the thing that every fortune teller in history knows how to do, which is a cold read. Yeah. Where you, you know, say what they're, what you think is likely. Yeah. Like, you know, you like what you did technically fuck, but you weren't very good at it. <laughs> yeah, totally. He's like, oh, you like what? men more, which is true in this case. <laughs> how could that? How could she know? Yeah. We got to kill her. I she know. knows I'm gay. Know. Like they're, and I'm like I'm sad gay. because it's like such a good own to do. Like, you're like, fine, fuck you. I am a witch. Right before you die, spoiler alert, she does not survive this. On the other hand, he goes, well, we'll tell you what he does. But first, I want to tell you about oh, what what's what sponsor should we have for this uh, podcast? Cats, live ones that you don't Thank that, God. If you do magic with them, it's like they're willing participants. This brought to you by Familiars. That is our sponsor this week Hi. is Familiars. Love that. Yeah. And Living uh, Familiars only. Yeah. If for you, now. Hopefully you don't hear anything else. If, if it yeah. was, it was a mistake. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. 
Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So, about probably about 60 people were executed at the end of this trial. I have read all kinds of numbers. And this was a very consequential event in history. This opened the floodgates for witch trials in Scotland. There are 3,100 accused witches in Scotland over the next 100 years. 1,300 of them are executed. Uh It also turned James into an anti-witchcraft zealot. He wrote a whole fucking book called Demonologies that actually talks about Lemuras, uh, the ghosts from pagan Rome, and call back to Monday. That's so funny that it's like, I mean, today, with like today, algorithmic logic, it would be like, you enjoyed the King James Bible. Would you want to read (laughs) Demonologists by King James? Relevant to your interests. Well, but that's not that far from what happened. Because, (laughs) yeah, his big thing he wasn't like writing being like, obviously everyone knows about witches and demons, and so I'm just going to write down it. He was trying to convince people that they were real because this is, even though the witch trials are starting to kick in, overall people are like, what are you fucking talking about? This is some superstitious nonsense. The devil isn't hanging out in the woods with a, with horns making ladies kiss his butt. Oh, but is he just like doubling down and down and down until people sort of start to capitulate to it? Yeah, and he's fucking king, which is a good tune, a good position. It's true. And so in this book, he writes about women. It's not very progressive. Quote. Not a, we have to cancel King James. Yeah, he's a problematic king. That's a... brutal quote what can be the cause that there are 20 women given to that craft where there is one man the reason is easy for as that sex is frailer than man is so it is it easier to be entrapped in these gross snares of the devil as was overwell proved provided to be true by the serpents deceiving eve at the beginning which makes him the more familiar with that sex since that time drama queen yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let him cook. I'm sure he's working up to some cool ideas. Yeah. 
The trials also cemented Samhain as the time for witches to dance with the devil and kiss his sweet butt. My theory, he was probably walking up and down out of hell, working out his glutes, you know. Sure, yeah. You gotta, you, I mean, look, witches aren't kissing that butt for nothing. There's some, yeah. there's some appeal to that butt. Yeah. They were pretty much just millennials ahead of their time. <laughs> Real worship of the butt. Yeah. 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 The sailing in a sieve was cemented forever by Shakespeare soon after, when the witches of Macbeth say, But in a sieve I'll thither sail, and like a rat without a tail, I'll sow, I'll do, I'll do. And then they conjure up a storm. Mm. Now, King James also hated Catholics, and this was tied into it because Scotland was like kind of on a like, what if we don't burn all of our healers alive? And what if we didn't light every woman interested in ostensibly science on fire? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. And so King James is like, he's Protestant. That's a big, whole, big, complicated thing. It's a big part of his ident- identity. And Catholics have always been distrusted by various rulers because of foreign allegiances. And England didn't like having the Catholic Highlands in Scotland since France was, you know, Catholic. And France is the bad guy forever, right? Mm-hmm. And then also their forgiveness for syncretics got the Catholics branded as pagans by the Anglicans. I'm fine with this. Also, the Catholics deified Mary and James is a misogynist. So he's like, mm. well, what the fuck? They basically worship a woman, you know? And, you know, since the Catholics were into having a goddess, Mary and women were irrational. So I better go kill 1300 women in Scotland. I mean, yeah, if we're just using logic, that makes total sense. Yeah. Now... For all your numerology heads, I'm not one. I hate this stuff. I'm just making a joke with this. I don't. What ties into the conspiracy to kill King James the sixth and the one, right? I'm like not against that, honestly. Okay. Okay. V for vendetta. V, five, right? Eh? Eh? Okay. Uh If you remove the, if you subtract the one from the, anyway, whatever the fuck. Okay. Uh So the other conspiracy that tried to kill fucking James was the V for Vendetta guy, the 5th of November. You said you'd never forget, Jamie. Uh, guy Fox. I, I remembered him. I see his little mask at Spirit Halloween in Burbank. I remember him. I know. And like, God, I would be so mad if I was Alan Moore, where I like wrote this like anarchist superhero, and then the only people who do anything with it are absolute pieces of shit. It fucking like it's it, it is like you're it, it is a beautiful thing that art is out of your control, but then it's like ask Alan yeah. more about that and see yeah. how he fucking feels because <laughs> there's some real there's some real outliers. Yeah. So the gunpowder plot where Guy Fox tried to blow up Parliament or whatever, he was trying to kill King James of too many numbers. Hmm. And he was trying to kill him for his repression of the Catholics. Which means we can sort of tangentially claim that Guy Fox is on the side of the witches, but this is me making a stretch. Um, okay. But I want to make that stretch because it feels good and just, you know, stretch out it feels good. It feels, you know, it feels good to stretch. Yeah. But also, his 5th of November ties directly into Halloween. Really? It was uh, for decades after, like, 17th century decades. It was celebrated on the same day as Halloween, the the 5th of November thing, the like, fuck the Pope, we hate all the Catholics day. Uh-huh. And, and then eventually the Protestants were like, in 1647, they were like, look, 
We're fine with the anti-Catholic bonfires, but no to the fat Halloween fun having and the general like, like, could you keep it a little more focused on just hating Catholics? We don't like fun. <laughs> but the riotous elements of We Hate Catholics Day filtered down into the mischief of Halloween, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Interesting. Okay. As we get close, as we close out the medieval era, we start seeing Halloween like we know it now. There's strange syncretic rituals, there's mischief, there's cross-dressing and costuming, there's door-to-door acquisition of snacks, there's jack-o'-lanterns, all that good stuff. And these are all hundreds of years old. Mm -hmm. We especially see them in Ireland and Scotland, and when the immigrants from these countries start showing up in larger numbers in the U.S., we see it here too. So thanks, Potato Famine, for giving us Halloween. Um, Drunken public revelry in the 16th century... uh, People started demanding contributions from passerbys and neighbors to carry on their hedonism. Like they were all like running around. And these are actually a lot of these are the like um, we hate Catholic Day stuff. Okay. In the 17th century, you start getting public choir performances where people, men and women alike, as best as I can tell, would dress up as maidens with like the hoods and stuff, you know, like old timey medieval women's clothes, mm-hmm. and then sing songs about wanting to get fucked. Uh, okay. Six. This is. One of the potential origins of the costuming of Halloween. There's other ones too, um, specifically people dressing up to emulate the the spirits and things like that. Cool. The mischief night in England was on November 5th, and people went from burning effigies of the Pope to burning effigies of any politician they didn't like. People mm-hmm. went around door to door demanding contributions of firewood and money from the rich for their celebrations. Cool. And I promised you purge reference. It was seen as justifiable to steal firewood from anyone who denied it. And it became a night of permission. Not a, it was more of a go poach rabbits on rich people's land and not a kill your neighbors thing. Mm-hmm. But anyone who was unpopular in your neighborhood, especially if you're rich and unpopular, would see your windows broken and your gardens uprooted. That is really, I, I really like reframing the purge as a night of permission. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like kind of a softer, more fun way of putting it. Yeah, exactly. Mischief Mischief Night comes over later to the U.S. Uh, as October 30th, Halloween-een, as I guess you could call it. Eh? Mm-hmm. But before that, mummery starts showing up at this point in the British Isles, which is the practice of costuming in wild costumes and performing door-to-door and demanding food, booze, and money, which... Mm-hmm probably the most logical origin of trick-or-treating although there's the stuff that comes before it like dressing up as a maiden let's bring back the other two though like like, yeah also while i've got you here with my kid dressed as scooby give me like beer and twenty dollars yeah totally yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I thought you were going to say like like i thought you were saying about the wanting to get fucked part um oh i was like not like and yeah, and for a grand finale, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> fuck me raw. Yeah. 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 That's just neighborly. Yeah, absolutely. It's a night of permission. Yeah. The night of permission. <laughs> yeah. And so the more ritual side of this mummery and, and, the, and all of this is dressing up as the spirits and offering good fortune for those who donate to your cause. So the pious oh. would bake soul cakes, which were sweet biscuits to commemorate the dead, and then mm-hmm. give them out to the solars who would pray for their souls. Basically, it's like you go around and be like, hey, give me a soul cake and I will pray for the people that you baked, that you thought about as you baked these cakes. Okay, that feels like a very Christian concept, like prayer like prayer candles, stuff like that. Totally, but it's also yeah. just like sweet, you know? Yeah, it's nice. It's cake. 
It's also possible this is a backwards adaptation from the wassail cake, which is like a Christmas thing. But, oh, okay. Yeah. But then there's like other things that are like, no, this is older. Like, no, this is older. And like, whatever. Who gives a shit? Yeah. And it's as it's fuzzy because there's too much written about it instead of fuzzy because there's not enough written about it. Mm-hmm. Then you get the jack-o'-lantern. The most common origin story that you hear, the version mm-hmm. I heard on all the podcasts I listen to, which is a good origin too, and it's not a wrong, well, they're all wrong, it's all myths, who gives a shit? One of the origin stories is a guy named Stingy Jack, mm-hmm. who is clearly Irish. And he tries to trick the devil, he does, he tricks the devil a couple times, and as a result, he's like left to wander the world, and he's denied heaven and hell alike, and he lights his way with his lantern, these are carved first from turnips, and then they get carved from pumpkins in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And this is a decent story, and there's, like, other versions of it where, like, actually he's just, like, kind of shitty his whole life, and then he shows up to heaven, and heaven's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you don't belong here. <laughs> and this story and the, the way we talk about jack-o'-lanterns as this physical object goes back to about the 1830s, or we have evidence of them today from the 1830s where people have jack-o'-lantern contests at, like, the bar. Mm-hmm. And it was sometimes called the the Jack McLantern. It was also called Hobbany's Lantern from Hob and His Lantern. Really? Yeah, I like Ooh. I like that one. That's great. The older concept than this that possibly also gives it its name is it's mm-hmm. related to the Willow the Will of the Wisp. Have you ever heard of the Will of the Wisp? Yeah, but I can't remember in what context I would have heard it. So the Will of the Wisp is the like folklore of when you're walking by or in a bog, you see fairy lights and you follow them and they lead you to your death. Mm-hmm. Um, and all over the world, people have versions of this where because people see weird fucking shit at night, right? <laughs> and so these are the, they mislay travelers, they draw them into the swamps and they're always just out of reach. And Will of the Wisp comes from Will the name of a guy, right? Will. And then oh, his okay. and then his torch, a wisp is a word for a shitty torch made out of like bundled sticks and paper. <gasps> Not to go all will logic, but that feels like so on the nose that like when I finally saw Good Will Hunting and then I found out the character's name was Will Hunting. I was Whoa. like, what the fuck? <laughs> there, it's the just a guy named exact, Will I had the hunting? exact same thought. <laughs> yeah. That pissed me off. Also, yeah. how did they let you get away with that in Massachusetts? <laughs> Will of the Wisp, don't, we do not, I mean, no, we actually do claim global hunt. But the point is, that's, it was just a guy named Will that yeah. makes it way less romantic, but also much funnier. I know. And so, also, other words for the same thing was Jack of the Lantern or Hob and his Lantern. Mm-hmm. So that's huh. the Jack-o'-lantern. And I still so like it. And it's like Jack and Will. Just like... And Hob. And Hob. Okay, I don't know a Hob. But like I, I, one could argue that names of two of my bosses are Jack and Will. So this is like shocking to yeah. hear. Well, have they ever led you astray into a swamp? <laughs> <laughs> My exact thought. <laughs> I can't say that on, on mic. Uh, <laughs> Do we know a hob? Besides, no, I can only besides think of Miranda uh, Hobbs from Sex and the City. <laughs> Mar- I was thinking Miranda Hobbs or Hobbs and Shaw. Those yeah. are the Calvin and Hobbs. That's all I, I got. Calvin and, or Calvin and Hobbs, yeah. Huh. Guess, guess, guess somebody's going to need to hire a hob for yeah, us, Jamie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a name that people should bring back Hobbany I like I it I don't know it's named Hobbany anymore 
Mm-hmm. It's cute. Yeah, we're all, we're all my hobbies at. We're full uh, up on Clayton's. Yeah, for sure. It's fine. Conrad, that's the name of the guy who uh, murders cartoon lions in Tarzan. I don't know why that just popped Whoa. into my head, but it's true. Right. Anyways, okay. So, speaking of not really murder, but mischief. Mischief Night reached a fevered pitch during the Great Depression. 1933 was referred to as Black Halloween. And to quote Ill Will again, quote, Youth gangs from this period ripped down street signs, sawed down telephone poles, opened fire hydrants, disabled streetlights, barricaded streets with stolen gates and refuse, dragged tree stumps onto railroad tracks, overturned cars, removed manhole covers, tore up the boards of wooden sidewalks, smashed storefront windows, held shopkeepers hostage, dropped fireworks into mailboxes, unhooked poles from the tops of streetcars, spread grease over trolley car tracks, put empty barrels over church steeples, attacked the police, and burned almost anything they could set afire. Okay. Honey. Okay. (laughs) No notes. Great. (laughs) By, in 1945, after World War II, it starts cutting down, but in... In 19, or that starts, whatever, we'll get to it. But in 1945, after 13 Halloween rioters were arrested in Toronto, 7,000 boys and girls tried to storm the police station to free their friends. Cool. They were turned away with tear gas and water cannons, but yeah, like. Sure, not surprised to hear that, but very fucking cool. Yeah. And then overall, my heart is with this particular thing, but most Mischief Night mobs were misogynist and many of them were racist. Um, and Chaos for Chaos's sake has some interesting beauty, but is not specifically endorsable, is how I feel. Mm. Um, <laughs> but whenever I hear about 7,000 boys and girls trying to storm the police station to free their friends, I'm on their it side. It just fills your heart, yeah. Yeah. And it was the spirit of chaos that brought in the Halloween reformers who were like, Halloween needs to become wholesome. Mm-hmm. starting in about 1945, trying to redirect all that energy. Trick-or-treating was a specific development of how to redirect the youth into, like, basically consumerism. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and they, like, wrote about it at the time. They were like, I don't have, I didn't include the quotes, but there's, like, in the journal of parenting or whatever, they'd be like, we're doing this thing. Redirect thing. your children's political outrage and... Uh, yeah. Penchant for anti-establishment chaos into little treats. Why not both? And why not both? Uh, that's exactly, exactly how I feel. And it was also post-World War II that candy companies, so there's no more sugar rationing after World War II ends. Mm-hmm. So 1945 candy companies are like, fuck yeah, let's just fuck those kids up. Let's just fuck right. their bodies with fuck tons of sugar. The timing is like, yeah, the timing is is fucked. Yeah, it feels like absolutely perfect timing to be like, oh, let's actually uh, do a hard, a hard right to consumerism. Yeah. Yeah. And so for like 20 years, you get the like sort of golden era of like Halloween as is pictured in the classic Americana, right? Mm, right. But now that Halloween's a little bit tamed and like as generations go by, they no longer know why they say trick or treat versus like, just give me a treat, you know? Right. Food that now. was this tame Halloween was far too much. Starting in the late 60s, you get the demonization of Halloween. And it's in 1967, you get the first rumors of razor blades in the apples. Uh, yeah. 
and the the wasp suburbanites went to war against the Christian holiday that has very minimal roots in paganism, no more than like Christmas, that was developed specifically to keep kids acting right. It's almost like they're fucking dumbasses, isn't it? It's almost like they're just losers with a lot of time on their hands, isn't it? Yeah. Just like get, you know, get whip up a froth, getting pissed off about fucking whatever. God, that is really satisfying to hear, honestly. Yeah. They're just, I love that they're just wrong. They're like, this pagan holiday. Like, you're like, barely. It is absolutely all of the recognizable elements that we are aware of were developed since Christianity. And like, imagine a story about Christianity that ends with the call coming from inside the house. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine this being the case. I know. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Terrific. Well done, everyone. There's one more real brief uh, flare up of Halloween spirit in, in ways that are both interesting and also largely bad. Uh, Devil's Night. Okay. By 1983, you get Devil's Night, which started, um, I think, in Detroit. I wrote Chicago in the script, but I think I was because I was thinking that The Crow takes place in Chicago. I don't know where The Crow takes place, but in my head, it's Chicago. But anyway, Detroit, Devil's Night, you have this city that is like fucking abandoned by white flight and it's just like a fucking hard place to live. And so people are like, what if we just burn shit down on Halloween ween? So on October 30th, 1984, there are 297 arsons in Detroit. Okay. Some of them are angry kids in a dying town. Some of them are insurance fraud. Some of them are land grabs. Like, this is why it's, like, hard to not just be like, fuck yeah, fuck it, burn it all down. Is it like... Right. Sometimes the people who want to burn things down are, like, actually doing it for really evil reasons. Yeah. But you could also say that bonfires are an essential part of Halloween. And that communities come together to stare into the flames to keep evil at bay. Many things can be true at once. Yeah. And then we have not the time to get into how the satanic panic layers Mm -mm. on with this. I thought about it and I was like, Another day. Yeah. (laughs) So many potential tangents. Wow. Oh, God. I just... The the Christian self own is really un, unparalleled, <laughs> yeah. unparalleled. I feel like this is like maybe the third episode I've been here that that ends in a Christian self own. <laughs> well, this is one I wasn't aware of, and I uh, I love it. I I I love. Uh, I mean, I feel a little more personally connected to Halloween in a way I wasn't expecting to. And also, my uncle wasn't totally wrong because this does seem to be like a commercialized amalgamation of five different things, sort of, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, what is any attempt at, like, finding some path to understanding and divine besides, like, figuring some shit out? Sorry, I got distracted because Anderson was just uh, displayed to us on the screen. Lounging. And, like... She woke up and was like, oh, shit, Auntie Jamie, (laughs) what are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, thanks for coming to my Halloween spooky times. And yeah, no, I actually felt a similar like, because at first I was like, I wanted the easy through line. I wanted the like, aha. And then instead I'm like, it's what we make of it. Like the labels don't really matter. The like spirit of spooky times is what matters. And we can all embody that in whatever ways we want. That puts me at peace. Everything is permitted except certain things. And so when I'm wearing my 13 going on 30 costume tonight, I can rest assured that I'm 
taking place. I'm taking part in a uh, bastardized version of something really beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's it's bastards all the way down in a in a you know, in a nice what way. Could you do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Margaret. That was so cool. Yeah, you got anything to plug here at the end? Oh uh, yeah, I think just listen to Ghost Church. I think that's the closest project I've done that feels very uh, much a, a a cousin, not a not a larva cousin, but also you know a bit of a larva cousin uh, <laughs> to the Lemuria. That was this that was this series. Um, yeah. Uh, Listen to Ghost Church. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter if you so choose, and uh, buy my book about hot dogs. and And have have a you know have a good whatever. What this comes out on All Saints Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have dinner and talk to your dead. Have a nice time. Yeah. Easy Mac and talk to your grandma. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna make I'm making mac and cheese tonight. Now I've just suddenly decided. I'm always yes. really hungry at the end of these recordings. That's not what anyone needs to know. <laughs> what instead people need to know is you can follow me on the internet by going into whatever social thing and typing in my name and that is how you'll find me and get the book about hot dogs message Jamie incessantly about hot dogs the cool thing about doing something like that is that people really like when you only talk to them about the one thing and surely it, you're the first to send it yeah It's like making fun of people's names. Like whenever you make jokes about people's names, you're always the first person to say it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, did you know that my name lines up with the colloquial J-Lo? Because no one's ever fucking told me that before. (laughs) But you know what? I'm the one person who never would have told you that because it never would have occurred to me. (laughs) I know. And that's why her bond is so powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Sophie, you got anything to plug? Uh, At Cool Zone Media. All right. See you all next week. Bye. Bye. Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place 
for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 